people shopped. I mean, we saw 52 million shoppers from around the world spend over 11 billion in Australian dollars with Shopify merchants. We had problems this Black Friday, but for us, it was like, oh shit, did, how much did we lose by not ordering enough to the store? I was on the high-low drug with all the rest of the retailers here in Australia. And- That's my wild card. I haven't tested it yet. So if you're listening and you think you'd work well with us, let's talk. Welcome to Add to Cart, Australia's leading e-commerce podcast that express delivers all you need to know in the fast-moving world of online retail. Every week, Nathan Bush from eSuite and an e-commerce industry expert will share the news, research and insights that you need to know to keep you at the top of your game. And of course, keep your customers adding to cart. Oh, here we are, the last episode for 2022, and we have an absolute cracker coming up today, a very special, different kind of format today that we're going to get into, but if you've made it this far, congratulations, we're up to 252 episodes of Add to Car, we're pretty stoked about that, but if you've made it through what was an absolutely crazy year in e-commerce, 2022, well done, you've made it, whether you're lying on a beach listening to this on your holidays or whether you've got their headphones in while you're wrapping up the year, well done to you and thank you for spending some of your hard-earned year with us. We really appreciate it. We always love hearing from those who get a little bit of inspirational knowledge out of Add to It really makes our day. But if we look back on 2022, I feel it was a real transition year. You know, we rode the glory times and I'll it's probably not right to call it the glory times of COVID, but from an e-commerce perspective, we had it pretty good. And we we rode that through 2022, all the way through, and, and towards the end of 2022, started to get a bit rocky, right? It felt like the economy was turning around, inflation was being talked about, didn't feel this party was going on forever. And so that's what we're heading into 2023 with a bit of trepidation, kind of like when you used to sneak back home as a teenager after a big night out where you didn't know what you were walking into, whether mum and dad would still be up waiting for you or whether you can slide straight through to bed. That's what we're wondering. What are we going into in 2023? And we've got two brilliant guests to set the scene as well as to share some great research around what they saw in Black Friday. Because it was a Black Friday, especially in Australian retail, that had so much riding on it. They have some great stats and experiences from Black Friday to share with you to see, you know, how you compared over your Black Friday experience as well. So let's get into it. First up, we have Sean Broughton, Managing Director for APAC and Japan at Shopify. With previous roles at Lego and Microsoft, Sean is now spearheading Shopify's expanding presence in the world's largest market for retail e-commerce. The APAC and Japan region now amounts to nearly $2.9 trillion in 2021. Joining him is Zoe Lowe. She's the general manager at July Luggage. Now, if you remember, we had July co-founder, Ethan, join us for Add to Cart Live. And he told us the July story about launching in 2019, where the brand quickly nosedived into a 90% loss of revenue due to the pandemic. But it has bounced back and bounced back with a vengeance, with revenue now reaching 10 times higher than pre-COVID figures. Zoe has delivered the data-driven creative campaigns behind this phenomenal growth and a whole bunch more that she gives us perspective on on how their 2022 was and her look ahead to 2023. So I made sure in this conversation that I asked some pointed questions to get you the most value out of this chat, and my guests certainly didn't disappoint. 
we dissect the year that's been and get some predictions around the value propositions, the key channels, and the tech we should look out for in 2023. Thanks to our partners, Shopify Plus and Paclio, here's our conversation with Sean Broughton, Managing Director for APAC and Japan from Shopify, and Zoe Lowe, General Manager of July. Zoe, Sean, welcome to Add to Cart. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Nath. Pleasure. How good. Last episode of the year. I've got two absolute superstars joining us. And it's going to be a bit of a different episode today. We're going to have a look back on 2022 and then a look forward to 2023 and probably just make idiots of ourselves making predictions, but so be it. Let's get into it. Both of you really need no introduction, but Zoe, we might start from you. Obviously, a massive 2022 for yourself and the team at July. Recently awarded first place in the in the Smart 50 Awards, which is just an amazing achievement. What's been the highlight for you this year? I actually don't know where to start. It has been a sensational year for us. We have had, you know, as part of the Smart 50, that was announced 640% year-on-year growth for the financial year. We've, we actually have, the growth is faster now in this financial year. We've had so much brand love. And I think the highlight is seeing that come through because we worked so hard during COVID. So from the very small things of people be telling us in stores, you know, I, I heard about the brand in COVID and I really wanted to buy it, but I had no one to go to. And then actually coming into the store when they finally could travel. So small things like that and what we call carousel share, which is like seeing a suitcase in the carousel yeah. to big things, right? Like the smart company thing, you know, fastest growing SME in Australia and also Mumbrella Travel Brand of the Year. Amazing. It's just been just amazing. Just a year. few more awards in there. Uh, <laughs> you've got to brag. You've got to brag. You've got to. Oh, <laughs> you know, How many stores are you up to now? We are up to four in Australia and we just launched, or it's kind of like a, a little bit of a different format uh, in, on 80 Collins Street here in Melbourne. It's more of a showroom. That yeah. was last month. Yeah, beautiful. And if anyone wants the full July story, they can go back to the Add to Cart episode with Ethan that we did live. And that was just a crazy fun night. Like that was incredible. And the story that he told there was just fantastic. So we won't go through the whole July backstory. We'll stay in the moment, but incredible what you've been on for 2022. I saw the, um, the chart that Ethan shared on Twitter, I think it was around, didn't have numbers attached to it, but the, the line that just did the hockey stick growth this year was just incredible. So well done. Thank you. Sean, obviously, uh, Shopify has been a long-term partner of Add to Cart, and we're really grateful for that. You keep us going, you keep us pumping, and being able to bring these stories out to the Australian e-commerce community. But first time we've had you on, so welcome. Yeah. What is, what's the saying again? Long-time listener, first-time caller? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You, you've just sent all your other people, your Reese's and your Josh's on. Because <laughs> I know you like to get a bit technical and into the product, and those guys are absolute geniuses. So, um, yeah, take it easy on me. Oh, look, you'll have the insights. You've got a really unique view over the Australian e-commerce environment. How would you sum up 2022 for e-commerce in Australia? Yeah, geez. Unfortunately, you have to go a bit backwards, right, to think about what we came out of, which was COVID, right? <laughs> like, yeah. I'm sick of talking about it. You're sick of talking about it. I think we're all kind of sick of talking about that, but it's the reality. And so you come out of that, and then we find ourselves in this situation of just like inflation through the roof and there's wars in Europe and, you know, supply chain's gotten a bit back to normal, but it's still not quite there. And so e-commerce in Australia, I put into two buckets. It's those that are like, like, you know, pure play, just e-commerce brands, I think are figuring out what new normal is after the boom. And then you've got your kind of brick and mortar physical retailers that also have an e-commerce presence 
and what does that mean for them? And this hockey stick has now come down and the big question is kind of where does it kind of plateau? And that's what everyone's really trying to watch. So I think as we face kind of record inflation here in Australia, it's the stuff that my dad used to tell me about years ago that we're going through. I think consumers are getting really kind of increasingly cautious. And so when I look back at 2022, it's a tale of two stories, right? The first half of the year was still kind of booming and then it kind of started to slow down a little bit. And now we're into the situation we are now. And I think um, a lot of focus on what to do in an inflationary period. And I think we're trying to help as much as we can. Brands are trying to figure it out. I think that like really kind of tailored experience and brand loyalty, customer loyalty is going to be more more important than ever as you fight for dollars in a wallet. So kind of tailor two stories, really. Which of um, those two retailers, like the Omni big traditional brands or the, the pure play D2C, mm-hmm. which one do you think had a better year? I think still pure play just because there was so much margin in, in the business because of the boom. And there's a lot more margin to enjoy, obviously, when you're D2C and you don't have to worry about physical stores. But those retailers that really reacted quickly that have physical stores and were able to do cool, creative things, like a lot of the stuff that JB Hi-Fi did where all of a sudden they stood up a delivery service and curbside pickup, like they moved really quick and adjusted. I think those kind of brick and mortar retailers that adjusted real quickly have also had a really good year. Yeah, makes sense. And Zoe, you know, we talked about the hockey stick. We both talked about the hockey stick. And it feels like July isn't living the normal retail story to most people out there. Is that fair? 100%. We're very different. In fact, I would say it's just completely different to everyone else. Like, for example, skincare and beauty that Mm. boomed during COVID. We were 90% down in revenue and we saw the revenge travel really take us through. I know I'm I'm kind of sick of saying it, but it's like, um, you know what? I'm riding the wave. So it's great. We saw the comeback. Well, we launched in the US when Australia was still in lockdown. And that was crazy. So we actually saw that come through and this team was so inspired by that. And then we saw Australia return. And from November last year, we saw it grow really quickly. And it's been great then. And that's, I mean, I, no one already, everyone knows this, but I guess a lot of people have moved their, ink, like their discretionary spend into travel because they haven't been able to do it for so long. And it's really exciting. Nothing like a bit of delayed gratification and deprivation to make you want something even more. Yeah. And it's hard watching it from here. The amount of friends that I've seen on like pre-Christmas overseas holidays, the holiday before the holiday, I'm just sitting here jealous and going, why didn't I think of that? I'm still waiting to take my revenge. It's in yeah. pocket. <laughs> See, and this is why this is going to be so interesting to play on in 2023. I really want to talk about this later, but like how is this going to play out? For tra- how is travel going to play out in 2023? It's going to be so fascinating. It, so some of those headlines that Sean was talking about, like the inflationary pressures, a lot of retailers already feeling that. Have you noticed that impact on July at all in the last bit of 2022? Absolutely not. We are not seeing it in Australia at all. In the US, it's hard to say because we're so early in the market. We're only a year and a half in. So we're not seeing this like as much of a intense growth there. Hot girl on the room energy, as I say. <laughs> <laughs> and I would say we're not really seeing that. What I am really looking out for is in 2024, our target audience, we predict, and this is, I need to do a bit more research to back this, but a lot of them will probably be refinancing because they are homeowners that are mortgaged. 
when they get hit with this rate increase, if the rates don't come down, I would like to see how that would impact us and whether they will curb back on travel. We use uh, travel bookings data, so flights and accommodation, as to feed our prediction of how we will perform because we're so closely tied. So that will be a leading indicator for us. Yeah, fantastic. And then if we, geez, you've skipped ahead to 2024. Sorry. It's not even in that space yet. Just trying to make our way through 22 here. <laughs> Can you keep to the run sheet, please? Yeah. Sorry, mate. Sorry. <laughs> and so, Sean, if we talk about that last half, you talked about the, t- the tale of two halves of the year. Obviously, we've just come through the big Black Friday or Black November kind of period, as Erica from The Iconic put it. And you've got that great view and you've just released a whole bunch of numbers around what you saw in Australia. Can you give us the highlights? Well, how did Australian retail fare over Black Friday? Yeah, I think. I mean, again, it was kind of against what you're hearing a lot about. Like, people shopped. I mean, we saw 52 million shoppers from around the world spend over 11 billion in Australian dollars with Shopify merchants. It's huge. And, you know, if we think, if we look a bit closer into Australia, um, we ranked fourth on that global spending list. We're a small country. (laughs) And is that by total revenue? Yeah. Wow. So we're up against it. I think I always joke sometimes with my colleagues in North America and I say, we're, you know, we're about the size of Texas. One of yours, we about as big as one of your states. So, you know, a bit of also a bit proud of that. So I think that's pretty amazing. And so we saw an increase of 22% of shoppers take part in Black Friday and Cyber Monday. So I think that's partly to do, like you kind of just touched on then. It's not so much as a four day event now, like what is it truly? And it kind of has expanded to a, a sale period. I love it. I like that kind of things in my past lives. I've worked at Lego and I've worked at Xbox and I used, I was on the high-low drug with all the rest of the retailers here in Australia and I still hate the high-low drug. I really, I, I really wish we could get off it as a country, but we seem to not be able to. So another sales period. Yeah, sure. You know, it serves a purpose and I think it's now people are seeing it as that pre-Christmas sales opportunity and which is good. It's good for the business and it's doing some good things. A bit of competitiveness too. I know you're up north, but Melbourne outspend everyone as a city. Oh. So Melbourne came in first as the as the spenders. So congrats Standard. to everyone, all the Melbourneites down there. And, um, <laughs> and Sydney came in a second close, uh, claiming second. See, and, we're just out enjoying the sunshine. We're too yeah, busy. I would be too. <laughs> you're buying towels and sunscreen. Yeah. But I mean, as you look at categories, fashion and accessories, again, yeah. did very good and topped the, the Aussie shopping list and followed by health and beauty, home and garden, food and beverage. And so a lot of the, the, the merchants that obviously play strong with Shopify, but I think we're at a point now, especially in Australia with over 100,000 merchants, we've got a pretty good cut across all industries. Twenty twenty three might be the year that you have to unravel everything that you know about loyalty. New global research from Shopify showed that Australian customers are highly likely to switch brands in order to save money. And here we were thinking loyalty points will keep us together forever. While the battle for customers' hearts will be driven by pricing in twenty twenty three, they will not sacrifice customer service in the process. 2023 might be back to basic retail, but it doesn't mean that the opportunity is any less. Treat them lean and keep them keen, I say. To view more resources to help with your 2023 planning and see how Shopify can take your e-commerce business to the next level, visit shopify.com forward slash au today. And anecdotally, 
and I think your research actually goes against this. I was having having this conversation last Friday. It felt like there was more transactions this peak period, but at lower average order values. But your research actually says the average order value was higher. Is that correct? Yeah, it was about $155 per order last year, up to, and it bounced up to $162 per transaction this yes. year. And so, like, if you're not in the probably a position where you you think about that data point alone, you're like, oh, that's not that much more. It actually is a large increase when you think about the unit volume that a lot of these merchants and brands would do. So it's a healthy, healthy increase in participation. You know, what did COVID do for the e-commerce industry? I, you know, kind of said a few times, what was a QR code before COVID? You know, what? Yeah, so I think we're still kind of reaping some of the rewards for us that are particularly working in e-commerce from a lot of that education and change of behavior. And I think we've seen that impact on the FCM this year. Yeah, that makes sense. And anecdotally, how do you feel that merchants are feeling about profitability and margin? You talked a lot about the high-low drug and mm. the realities of that in retail. Do you feel like most retailers got out of this season profitably or few on the edge? I think it's a mixed bag out there depending on the industry you're in, obviously, and the products you're selling. All of us aren't as cool as Zoe in July and just things flying off the shelf and 600% growth and you know, there's a lot of people that would love to have that you know, but I think there is a few rough tough stories out there where people are sitting on a bit of inventory where they may have overreacted to the logistics and supply issues and tried to catch up and yep. you know kind of like the clogged funnel right and then it all just comes boom, booming out and then kind of the opportunity dries up a little bit so you know they would say retail is detail and it is, man. And I think that that's a, it's a hard, it's been a hard business to run retail and e-commerce, all of it over the last, you know, couple of years, I think and people have definitely been earning their paychecks. That's a really good point because I feel we had this drift of conversation and people saying, oh, we're going to be really strategic about Black Friday and we're going to, you know, personalize offers and keep them behind walls and, you know, only discount to people who aren't going to buy. And then this year, a lot of people were just forced, their hands were forced because of what they had, you know, the situation they were in. We've got to clear it, got to get it out. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been interesting for me, a, bit, a big week for our family personally. My wife and I started our own, our first retail store ever two weeks ago and we launched just a week two weeks ago and it's kind of like that situation where i feel this intense pressure of cash flow inventory we went just australian brands to reduce some of the logistics complexities and things like this and i'm sitting here going like this is just a small little one shop family business i can't imagine the pressure that some of our retailers and brands would have been feeling over the last you know two three years to navigate all of that you can't leave it there. What's the business? Let's give it a plug. Uh, Let's get some sales through that. Let's get that cha-ching happening. Yeah. So, I mean, the, the website isn't live yet because everyone thought that I'd be able to help and get it up real quickly. <laughs> and, you know, the gaps in the product have been revealed for me, but uh, it's called PeggyConceptStore.com. Yep. And so basically my wife spent 10, 15 years as a buyer merchandiser for Gucci and Hermes and basically has been dressing Australia in Gucci and Hermes for the last 10 years. And so we thought, what the hell? Why don't you decide what Australia should be wearing in your own shop? So she's buying fashion and homewares and and, and some art and things like that. It's really concept store. And the name Peggy is after Peggy Guggenheim. It was like one of her her icons and she was known as the, a real a collector and, and, and kind of curator of, of art and all things fine. So 
it's up in Avalon Beach and that's been quite a journey for us, but it's been awesome. And we put Shopify point of sale in the store. I got to talk about that because to be honest with you, I've been here four and a half years now and I've not spent enough time on the product and it forced me to do it. And I couldn't get over how easy it was. <laughs> it reminded me why it is so seamless and easy. So that's been a really fun, cool. fun time for us, but it's stressful too. I hope you gave her a partner referral code. I'm the partner. (laughs) (laughs) Happy wife is the partner code. (laughs) Zoe, now obviously July luxury brand. Do you call it luxury brand? I think we call it affordable luxury. Affordable luxury. Premium. Premium. Obviously a lot higher than that $172 average order value that, that Sean mentioned there. Did you participate in Black Friday? Yes, we did. So we never actually go on sale. But we do these bundle promotions, which are technically a sale, twice a year. So yes, we did. We did a bundle and save. And yes, we saw AOV increase. And it was it was very good. Okay. And what, what did the bundling look like? It's very similar to like a spend and save that Country Road does. So, you know, you spend 300 and then you save 30. You spend above 600 and you save 100. And you spend above 1,000 and you save 200. And it worked. We've done this before, like we've, we've done this multiple times and we knew it would work and it did and it was very successful. So we saw AOV increase and we saw, and we wanted, we wanted people to be incentivized to try our accessories. And it's also a push for us to increase LTV and, you know, enter new product, uh, try new categories from us. Yeah. And when you're on such a growth kick anyway, pre-November, and then you add promotions in over the top, how do you know how successful those promotions have been in increasing sales or whether it would have happened naturally? It is really hard, but we saw a huge uplift, yeah. right? So yeah. November was 78% up from October. Yeah. But like, and we all know October is like low, but we saw it. We haven't actually fully finished crunching the numbers for November and Black Friday yet, but I will just say we have never sold out of stock completely in our our local warehouse here in Collingwood, and we sold out of everything on Friday. So when we're, our, our Collingwood store was open for trade on the Saturday and Sunday, they had to ship to customer, and we still met the target. It's so rich for me to say, I know we're in like the best time, but we also had problems this Black Friday, but it was the opposite for a lot of people. Instead of clearing the inventory for us, it was like, oh shit, did, how much did we lose by not ordering enough to the store? So yeah, that was really tough for us. It's a good problem to have. You know, when you're in the business, it's just like a good problem. It's still a problem. You're like, oh man, we like missed it. So we actually smashed the target. Every year we do this thing where all the employees guess how much we're going to make and we're so fortunate to have completely smashed that target. But next year, it's going to be very interesting to see how that goes. I was really nervous just then that Zoe was about to go into something about Shopify crashing. And no. <laughs> I was like, oh, no, here we go. The pause is so good, honestly. When we hire casuals, we the training takes five minutes. We're like, here's the button, here's the button, then it's done. <laughs> so you've got no, pause in all four stores as well as Shopify on the web. Yeah, we're like... We're Shopify from the start. Oh, now it sounds like I'm sucking up because Sean's here, but no, like we're, <laughs> we're Shopify from the start. Like, so the business is four years old. We started there. We're Shopify plus headless and mm-hmm. Shopify pause. And again, I sound like I'm sucking up, but I'm not. But it has been really crucial to our retail rollout. So, okay, the 80 Collins store that I referred to at the start of this episode, Ace and my, my like the owner, the founder, my boss, he gave me, he gave us, Two weeks to launch that store. He's like, hey, by the way, I signed a lease. 
we have to open the store in two weeks. And I was like, what? And uh, we did it. And the tech is not what holds us back. And it's not even the stock. It was just like the fit out, right? Like, how do we get it in? So Shopify just helped us move so fast. It's like two weeks. I reckon we could have done it in a week. But, you know, testament to how, how fast you can move as a D to C brand, online e-commerce brand. Sean, you should really hide all that gifted July lug- luggage that's behind you. <laughs> I was about to say, I hope, I'm glad this is being recorded because I'm going home for the rest of the year. My job's done. See you later. Marketing <laughs> team, PR team, like I'm done. No, it is an incredible story and it's a brand new way of doing retail when you can open a brand new store in one week and it's integrated with your online straight away. That's pretty incredible and it allows you to focus on the great things like the customers and the product. Yeah. It only just came to Australia. Just, it's not been here for over a year even. So it's 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 new to the market. And so it's good to get to have stories like this and see the impact it can have. And again, I'm going to go on and out again. My wife's spending time with my kid rather than trying to consolidate back-end inventory through Excel speaks and it's all just in one place, one home. And so kudos. Amazing. Were there any other retailers during Black Friday that really stood out for you? Anyone that you went, oh, they're doing really cool stuff. Like they did Black Friday really well. Sean, I might start with you. I think we're underestimating the interest that a lot of consumers have still in sustainability. And like, and I know everyone goes on about it, but all you need to do is look at the change of government and why it happened. All you need to do is look at a lot of the way people's spending. And so I think a lot of those brands that haven't given up on that, and even though people think, like, oh, but times are tough, people are watching their dollars, like, oh, they, you know, I'm going to spend a bit more. I think those that, are, that have been thinking about that, I think have done well and intelligently because it's it's a long brand play, right? It's not just kind of we're here for a bit to make a buck and we're out. We're 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 here. We're part of the community. We're with you. We're we're here in Australia with you. We care, and so I think those that have leveraged that to not just go on the the okay, we've got a crazy deal, but have kind of mixed message has been intelligent because you're going to get a lot of eyeballs, right? Like everyone's ravenous for it. So you even if you don't sell something, there's impact on your brand and opportunities for you to tell your story. So I think those that even just use that opportunity to tell their story, I think that's pretty good. And yeah. Yeah. Something where there's a little bit more story than just the price. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. What about you, Zoe? Anyone stand out? Yes, I'll build off the back of that. And I will say, yeah, so July, we don't do like 20% off discounts. So during Black Friday, we all look at similar brands who don't don't discount like us so aggressively. And one of the ones that I love was Luxury Escapes. They opened up a store in Chadston. Yes. Right? And it's like bookings only. So I think I really appreciated how so many brands who never discount leveraged on the consumer's shopping mindset during Black Friday, right? They're like, okay, you're in like shopping season and you're probably going to be thinking about what you want for next year. That includes travel and your like where you want to go. How can we as a luxury escapes brand build on that but not do something so crazy like 50% off? And they launched that store. It's like book book and walk-in only. And yeah, I love that. We also saw a lot of like limited edition drops, which I love. Like I love all that stuff. And I think those retailers and brands that don't discount really shone through this year. Yeah, that's cool. I uh, Funny story, we had Adam from Luxury Escapes on two weeks ago and he told us about a Chadstone store opening and then I saw it on LinkedIn and it looks beautiful, beautiful store. And I could just imagine like a little part of that store just selling a couple of July bags, like as a store within a store. I was like... Oh, I'm glad you say that. I hope Adam listens to this. <laughs> yeah, but even I was in the airport. Em and I went to Sydney last week and... 
you should have seen this carry-on bag that she was carrying. It was an embarrassment. Like, it is about 20 years old. It looked like a dad's. And I'm like, wouldn't it be cool if you had something in the airport, like a little July store where you could take your old bag in and, un- like, those little unpacking stations, like almost like a fitting room where you could unpack and then repack, come out with a brand new. Oh, my gosh. Don't worry. You can pay me later. Um, anyway, that's that's my story. I really liked LSKD. I thought they did it really well. It's total opposite to what you guys were saying around having more than price. They went so hard on price, but they really, really like leaned into it. They didn't kind of go, oh, you know, a bit of 30% off, please come. They went, we're going to give you the best goddamn discount you've ever seen. <laughs> Download the app. You'll get another 15% off. Sign up to our waiting list. Like it was this whole event. So that like the true honest retailing, like I'm going to give you the cheapest deal I can right now. This year only is the only time to get this cheapest, cheapest deal ever. Come in. It was like EB Games, like. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really like that they just committed to it, and they went, "Hell, if we're going to do it, we are going to make some proper excitement." And even down to things like doing like live behind the scenes of their team when they pressed the live launch on taking the sale live, like a big ticker down, here it went. And they actually went down for a minute or so, not because of anything technically, but just because of the huge volume of people waiting. And I spoke to Mike, their, their managing, uh, their marketing guy, and he's like, it was insane, the volume that they did in that oh, first hour. Oh, I love hour. that. That's so he's like, It was just phenomenal. He's never seen anything like it. So total opposite to your story. But anyway, let's go towards 2023 and talk about what's coming up. So off the back of that, Sean, you know, you gave us really great context around we've had a tale of kind of two halves of the year. Uh, we've made the most come out of COVID. We've had our um, bit of dreaming, a little bit of playtime. So for 2023, Let's get your take on a few quick things. I'm going to fire off some things that I want your take on and get your opinion on. So I'm going to ask you for your opinion on the value proposition that you think customers will most care about. Zoe? Longevity, that being quality and value. And I think they will be much more happy to pay a little bit more to make sure that the products last the test of time. Okay. Probably more important than ever, which it touches on your point about sustainability. Yeah. And does that factor into that customers won't be spending as much, but what they do spend on, they want to make sure that it's good? That is exactly it. They want their dollars to go further, but they want to keep their standards high. And I'm speaking from us, right? This is what we, we've predicted yeah. for us. Sean, value proposition that you think, if you're a retailer right now, one value proposition that you'd be hammering home in 2023? I'd plus one to that. I know that's the easiest answer, but I think that's absolutely everything is, is value. I think that we're in a situation right now where we talk about the wallet, that wallet is super competitive. And guess who's now taking a chunk of it? Your energy bill. Yeah. Yeah. There's other things now that are, they're life, they're non-negotiables, right? They're, they're, you have to pay these price of petrol. And so I think that when you, people look to spend their money, they're looking for value. When I say value, they don't want the, I don't think they're looking so much for like, I got the cheapest deal in the market. I think they're looking for, Hey, I feel really good about this. It's lasted a long time. And this is a good value exchange for, cause my dollar means a whole lot more right now than it has in a long time. Yeah. I wrote down my answers to these questions before we jumped on as well. And I had quality or indulgence. And I think it came back to the research that you did, Sean, before Black Friday. And and one of the things that stood out for me was that, yes, it's going to be tight. Customers are going to be very price-driven, and that's going to be in certain categories, supermarket, all those kind of things where you need to be price-sensitive. But they're still going to carve out a portion of their budget for their their own indulgences. 
Absolutely. And I think when tough, right, too, you, you want to feel joy. And sometimes yeah. feeling joy is being connected to the brands you love. You might not necessarily have to spend as much as you did, but that joy and being connected. So I think being connected through socials and things like that to brands that people love, I think is a big thing. And you mentioned like, you know, just considered shoppers, you're looking for value. I mean, we would see 69% want quality and 74% are looking for value. Those are big numbers, 74%. Yeah. And so yeah, yeah, let's nerd out on some stats, you know, We've found also just in our recent recent conscious about surveys about being conscious. You know, 51% shop sustainably and 39% are actually willing to pay more, yeah. which is also a pretty big number. Yeah. And so people want to feel good about what they're buying. And so when we think about like channels where people are going to shop, people are looking 69% more on going to social. And 92% of retailers are telling us that that direct relationship is going to be so critical for that to happen. And so this movement to being connected, even though you hear, it's funny, right? You hear these stories, like everything's invasive. Technology is getting invasive. But every time you ask people and you look at the big, the total numbers of any kind of statistics, people are enjoying being connected. They just want to be connected to the things that add value to them. Mm. Yeah. Oh, beautifully put. So if, if we're a retailer listening to this and we're planning 2023, it's going to be very tempting just to go price-driven, discount-driven in 2023, but make sure you don't lose that quality and value message as well throughout because there will be moments for that. Second one I want your opinion on, the marketing channel that will give retailers exceptional returns. Sean? Yeah, I think there's that many now. And I think it's really dependent on who your shopper is and what you're selling. And I know that sounds like the cop-out answer, but it's true because every channel provides a different access point to your your your, your shoppers and the people that love your brand. So I think only what people should do is test them all. Like it's not that hard to test them all and see where your shoppers are, find out where they are, go where they are because they want to be connected to you. They want to talk to you. Some of our other research again, sorry, like that research is pretty interesting. We're yeah. seeing that 31% of retailers believe that sales through social media will form the largest part of their business by the end of the decade. So it's something that a lot of retailers are saying like, hey, this could end up being the one of the largest channels that we, we connect and sell to our, our shoppers through. So it's here, it's big, it's constantly shifting. I think that's the interesting part. And as you get a bit older, maybe they shift without you knowing about them. <laughs> so, yeah, There's a, one executive that I know of in my past life that used to employ one of the 14-year-old kids on his street and he would give him $200 and once a month he had to write to him, what are the video games that all the kids at school are playing? What are the, what are the apps all the kids at school are using? Really smart, right? Because he knew yeah. he have a way to do it. So local kid next door neighbor made a couple of hundred bucks a month and he said to write a one pager on what's the cool stuff right now. That's really smart of James Johnson. Yeah. Well done. <laughs> yeah, that's it. <laughs> um, from that social perspective, it feels like the social selling is still obviously key. Social channels are still key. But two things we've seen in social this year, I feel, is that obviously the CAC has just gone yeah. bananas. But also this promise of direct buying through social channels. We've seen TikTok and Instagram kind of pull away from their buy direct features. Do you think that will continue or will go again, you know, in the in the next couple of years? Oh, I think it'll continue. I think it's just because it's forever moving, like, you know, yeah. real life live shopping. Like if you go to China right now, like that's the thing. Like live commerce. Like people are just bought, like 
we don't really like we touch on it a bit here there's a few brands doing it then you start thinking about ar and vr it's like it's people love it when it's done well and it's just gathering more and more momentum so it's kind of the ability to consume your brand or product or how you are going to interact with that is changing and so the way to buy it is keeps having to change and so there's endless i mean nice you know more than i know about the endless number of companies that are popping up that are capturing a lot of this movement onto different social networks different platforms and ways to consume it's uh, i mean it's hard to keep up with yeah, it is. It is. Zoe, any marketing channels that you think will give retailers exceptional returns in 23? Yes. You guys actually touched on it. So affiliate marketing is really big for us. It's growing and it's quite surprising because we're you know a little bit more of a premium brand and we don't go on discount. But it is so good for us because, yeah, we work with some really amazing, reputable content partners through our affiliate platform. We also work with like to know it. I mean, we see we're seeing this grow a lot in the US, right? And so, and we see we're starting to see it really grow in Australia. So, like to know it is influencer affiliate marketing, which is enabling this social commerce thing that you're talking about, right? There are also a couple of platforms that I'm starting to see that I'm really interested in. One is called Carted. They're enabling publishers, so like any publisher, to let their readers convert on site. Like you don't click the link, like you buy it while you're in the article of like top 10 suitcases. I'm really excited about that. The conversion rates will be so much better. The other thing, and this is a wild card one. I went to New York a few months ago with Ethan. We were talking to someone about direct mail. Like I'm talking old school (laughs) snail mail, right? (laughs) And I was like, oh, that's like, I know it exists in the US and I think it would work so well here because I read all of my mail. (laughs) Unlike my email, I'll like scan the subject lines or like pick all of them, select all, and then just delete, right? But like in my mail, I actually have to physically go through it. So I really want to test that next year with our team. And I really think the return will be super high because like SMS, I think we're going to see the same results, you know, they'll definitely look at it. So I'm looking for a vendor to help with that. And I I don't think we should just do it with us. I want to pair up and group up with other amazing Aussie brands like us to do like a little envelope of like, hey, here are some really cool brands you should hear about. So that's my wild card. I haven't tested it yet. So if you're listening and you think you'd work well with us, let's talk. Let's put it through together. Really We're going to make magic it. happen. Yeah, let's do it. You've refreshed your website. The new range is about to drop. You've never had more customer service options. Hey, but take a look over there at that boring pile of packaging boxes. Ugh, ugly. Time to give that some love. Luckily, Packlio is here to bring some joy to your customer's delivery and unboxing experience. It's been ignored for way too long. With vibrant colors, cool designs, and eco-friendly credentials, there are no more excuses for boring boxes. Even better, Packlio is Australian-owned and operated with same-day dispatch and 14-day returns. There's nothing boring about that. Check out the Packlio range of e-commerce packaging options at packlio.com. That's Packlio, P-A-C-K-L-E-O, Packlio.com. I've had this idea in the back of my head and I pitched it a couple of times about three years ago. And it's like, how do we create a network of like-minded retailers? Because we all send parcels out, right? And you unpack everything in the parcel of like offers to go to the next retail. And I know a lot of people do it kind of ad hoc, but I reckon there's a really nice network there of cross-promotion and cross-selling that way. Yeah. Yeah. I just don't 
don't know how to bring it together. So someone do that, please. And um, I think it's something. I had marketing channel. I had a bit of a cop out, but I had creative cut through. So I just, I think it's to, next year is the year for the big ideas, right? This year was let's sell through, let's ride the wave like we talked about, let's get as much out there. Next year we might have to reposition ourselves and really catch those eyeballs. And I think it's the time for the big ideas. You know, we had Mike at Zero Co creating the rubbish mountain in Egypt. And I just went back and listened to the episode with Michael Beveridge and he's all about big ideas. And I think now that we've got so many different channels that we talked about and experimenting with different channels, if we can leverage our big ideas around all those channels and kind of experiment that way, I think there's next year is the year to do it. People take. All right. Number three, which product category do you think will explode? Zoe? Oh, it sounds like a cop-out too, but like really I passionately and I'm very passionate about op shopping and thrifting and secondhand stuff. And I'll back that up with TikTok, right? TikTok has made like secondhand clothing and secondhand things very cool again. So I think it's going to explode. And I don't think there are any major merchants who are really leveraging that on like the iconic level. Cause I would, I mean, actually, no, there is like Depop, right? Uh, Depop, Facebook Marketplace. And there's one more, but I can't remember. And also, I think I have seen, and it's off the back of COVID, so I actually will be interested to see if it continues to grow. But in my head, sexual wellness is really having a moment. And I'm very curious to see how it plans out next year if more people live their best life and yep. not stay at home as much. Yep. So well, the fact going- that sexual wellness is just a term now instead yeah, of the sex industry, right? Like it <laughs> yeah. says a lot about how the far The rebranding is real. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So that's really fascinating. No, good insights. Sean, the uh, categories that you think will pop? Uh, <laughs> it's corny, but travel. Thanks, Sean. I would look at the accessories, accessories that live around that experience. You know, so I think accessories will ride a wave by people wanting to travel again, and you kind of dust off all of your what's that? What's the word? Like dental kit? That's not the word. Like you know, you, you know, this the bag that you put your toothbrush and toiletry bag. There we go. Thank you. Amenities kit. There we go. That was stuck oh, finally. Finally, someone sold them. Like imagine that. Yeah, but I think all of that, that category that sits around yeah. the category, I think, so I think like if there's a category that will do well, you'd say it's apparel accessories, that one, but that particularly that ties closely in, around that, I think will, will, will go well. Yeah, nice. I had probably the opposite again. I had kind of the home and garden category and the self-improvement. I think people might take a moment, not everyone, but to kind of look inwards a little bit more. Like we had that explosion and I think there will definitely be people who can still travel and will do all that and still be out there. But I think there's people like, okay, this is my house for a while now. Like, let's <laughs> let's make the most of it. <laughs> people are back out. They're out of their homes and it's summer and they're like, oh, geez. Yeah. It's better tidy up a bit. <laughs> That's right. Exactly. And uh, with these interest rates, we're not moving anytime soon. No. All right. Number four, your pick of technology or apps that retailers should have their radar on for experimentation. Sean? I think a big one is, again, is AR. And, yeah. yeah, like that whole category, I think is just really good. And I think that when you can bring your physical experience into someone's home and they can see the couch in their living room and say, oh, wow, and it's to size and get a good visualization of that, it's getting to the point now where that technology is actually really good. There's actually like, like when we're in lockdown, I went and got my eyes tested and found I needed I needed glasses. This is no, I'm just for, for no word of a lie. 
and I couldn't go into a store. They wouldn't let anyone go into stores. So I went on Bailey Nelson and they've got this amazing AR app that literally just, I just tried on all the different pairs of sunglasses and ordered one and it came in. It was exactly put on my face. That was my first shopping experience of, awesome. like, of doing that. And I know their business somewhat well. I know that they're just by putting that capability on their website, their sales increased 400%. Oh, amazing <laughs> and so like that kind of experience i think is getting better and better and i know for us alone i think there's more than like eight thousand apps on our app store for shopify that let, lets merchants and brands to consider that so that's where i would highly recommend people have a think about obviously it depends heavily on your product and your your own capabilities in some way but i think that's getting to be a not creepy experience if that makes sense <laughs> you know it used to be a bit like oh that's a bit weird that looks terrible there's 8,000 app owners out there who are like, oh, I was waiting for Sean to name my app. <laughs> um, Zoe, what about you from a technology perspective? What should retailers keep an eye on? I will say for us, and I would say a lot of retailers, two is our CAC is so high, we want to get our dollar to stretch further. So one of my personal Goals for next year is to really improve loyalty in July. And we're going to do that by offering incredible customer service. So anything that's tech, like that enables us to build this into our offering is going to be really huge. We're going to be doing a lot of project work on this uh, starting next month. And that will be, you know, how do we implement this? How do we provide the best level of customer service, keep them coming back for more and get our marketing dollars to stretch further and an AI. You know, yeah, like we're yeah. seeing some really cool stuff come through. We use gorgeous, like amazing stuff. Like our rep is helping us to really build that because we're seeing the volumes really come through and we really need good automations and good good things to help us with that. Yeah. I had AI written down as well. And I'm going to actually out someone here because last Friday we went for drinks here in Brisbane and had a bunch of the old digital crew. And we actually had Paulie Goldson, Sean, from oh. the Shopify team come along. There's a lord and a legend right there. Lord and a legend all in one. And he came along and you can tell when Paul is onto something good because he's got this little glint in his eye. He's discovered something and he's been up for nights like playing and exploring. He goes, boys, OpenAI have just released their their chatbot and it's this new iteration of a chatbot from OpenAI, which is like a Microsoft project. And um, it's pretty cool. Anyone can go in there and have a play. And he's like, we're going to do some stuff with this today. And where it ended up getting to is that he he asked this OpenAI chatbot to create a cocktail that was summary and involved blue and give me a recipe. And ChatAI gave one and named it the Pink Batman. And so he took it to the bar. This And it was a recipe that doesn't exist anywhere <laughs> on the internet. It was a brand new recipe. Took it to the bar and asked the bar staff. He's like, guys, can you make this? And they looked at it. And was like, yeah, and they made it. It was the most disgusting cocktail ever, oh. but he drank it. And But... The playing around, and then I actually played around with it a little bit more, and it's the best chatbot I've ever played with. But even on an episode last week, I'm interviewing this person, and they have a background in this, this, and this, and they specialize in this. Can you give me a list of questions to ask? It's about out 10 questions, and I use two of them. Yeah. yeah it's, like, it's getting really, really good. It's yeah. been floating around our company for a bit. Everyone's playing with it when looking at what it can do, and... At first, you're a bit taken aback, like, you know, 
the PR team's like, whoa, hang on a minute. <laughs> like, Sorry, Ben. <laughs> we weren't yeah. playing with it. No, you were there, Ben. And so, yeah, it's getting, it's, it's definitely worth if you like that stuff to get in and play with it because it's con- the use cases, I think, are, are I mean, somewhat endless. Mm. Like, oh, you wouldn't want to be an SEO copywriter at the moment. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's pretty amazing. All right. Last prediction I have for you. Tricky one. Can you give me? a number on the overall year-on-year growth or decline that you expect in Australian e-commerce in 2023? Zoe. Oh, man. What? <laughs> I'm going to – for the for everyone, it's yeah. flat. But, okay. Yep. Are you – if you had to pick one side or the other, growth, decline? I'll say it's hard because I'm not educated enough to make the guess, but for us, it'll be a gross. Yeah. Cool. Sean? I think dollars will decline, but as a percentage of sales between online and offline, will plateau a little bit as an increase on past years. So everyone's different, but it's always kind of been around the 10 to 14% of of sales going through e-commerce. If you look at like a, the whole commerce side, like first online and offline, I think we'll, we're plateauing a little bit what we're seeing. I think we'll plateau, but we'll plateau at a higher percentage of a mix of the business than what we have been in the past, but the total dollars in will, will drop. Right. That makes sense. I, was, I had slight growth. I had about 5% growth because I've been caught out by other years saying it will decline and been proved wrong multiple times. But I, I think we'll see a lot more basics, the supermarkets, the um, all the basics rather than the, the big shiny stuff making up a big bulk. But whether it's profitable or not is the next question. Yeah, so Australia's a hard country to pick, right? Let's set the, I mean, it's yeah. an awkward thing to say, but we're rich. Yeah. And so sometimes we get pretty insulated. And even through COVID and things like that, there was months during COVID that there was more dollars being spent GMV-wise than the UK, which, like, they're, what have they got, 80 million people? Mm. We're up, yeah, up against our yeah. 26, we'll call it. So oh. every now and then we bat above our weight. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, yeah. Better at cricket and shopping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Zoe, Sean, thank you so much. You've given us such a brilliant look back on 2022 and some thoughts for people planning their 2023. Is it tools down now? What's on the, ahead for the holidays? Done. I got one more week to go and I'm uninstalling Slack. I'm uninstalling oh. my email client, throwing my mobile phone in the ocean. <laughs> And I'm going to do nothing. I just, oh. after this run, man, I don't know how everyone else is out there talking. There was a partner event in Sydney last night and just the word on the streets, like everyone's pretty like out yeah. of fuel. And so I'm, I'm pretty keen to just do nothing, sleep, sit on a beach, barbecue and have a very, very chilled, chilled oh. holiday. And then get my travel revenge in winter <laughs> when I'm going to go back to the Mediterranean. And yeah, that's when my travel revenge is coming. I'm waiting a while. So good. Zoe, what are you doing? I just came back. Well, you guys are going to laugh. Actually, this audience will appreciate this. One of my best friends decided to get married on Black Friday weekend. So in Thailand. Yeah. And decided to take us out on a yacht with no reception in the middle of the Andaman Sea on Black Friday. So I actually have just come back from a full week of Phuket Island holiday. So I'm ready to go. I'm actually working the whole way through because I've spent most of the year doing, doing, doing. And so I'm going to spend that you know, transition from December to January to work on strategy. And I'm really excited, really, really excited about it. 
Beautiful. And so, Zoe, if we've got listeners who haven't snapped up their July luggage yet or are maybe doing a bit of Christmas shopping, best place for them to do that? Uh, July.com. But, you know, if you're a listener, you should definitely DM me on LinkedIn and maybe I'll hook you up because we love a friend of Bushy's. There you go. What an offer. Look at that. Christmas presents all around. Hit me up. Hit me up. You know. (laughs) And, Sean, you mentioned some of that amazing research. Best place if people want to dive into that a little bit more? A lot of it's all readily available on, on just shopify.com.au. We've got access to a lot of all the data and, and research that we've done. So those that are that love that stuff, dive in. It's all readily available and I think very recent too, which is good. Yeah, it's awesome. Guys, thank you so much. Enjoy that break and um, we'll see you again next year, hopefully. Thank you very much. Have a good holiday. Thanks, Wushi. I know there was a lot of talk in there around some potential headwinds coming in 2023, but I left that conversation so much more excited about the prospects of 2023 than I was before it. And I think July are doing such amazing things as a retailer and Shopify obviously leading the pack when it comes to technology solutions and empowering retailers. One of the messages that I took out of that was that our destiny is still in our own hands as retailers, no matter what else is happening around us. Here are the three things that stood out for me from that conversation. Black Friday is not quite over. We obviously heard from Sean around Black Friday numbers from 2022, and they were up across all key metrics. That was a surprise for me. But Sean and the team are the ones that would have the best view across a whole bunch of retailers and industries in e-commerce in Australia. But I believe that there is a fallout still to come as many businesses were relying on Black Friday uh, to clear inventory and to hit revenue and cash flow numbers. It will be really interesting to see what 2023 brings, especially those first three months around what stores can make it profitable. And based on Sean's numbers, It's a great story so far, but my focus would be to get those Black Friday, Cyber Monday customers coming back for a second or a third drink in 2023. That customer lifetime value from that period will be critical. Second one I've got is doom and boom. So one of the key lessons I'm holding on to from that 2023 Shopify research is that 2023 will be tight and customers will be price conscious. So we're going to have to play the price game, but overall spending may decrease But it doesn't mean that wallets are glued shut, so we can't go in with that mentality. Customers are still looking for an escape, no matter how tight it gets, and they will spend on themselves if they see it as valuable and of quality. You just need to be there and adjust your positioning for when they are ready. And the third one I've got is that beauty still wins. There's nothing tangible, or if I'm honest, uniquely blue ocean strategy about July, in my opinion anyway. It is just incredibly well executed. From redesigning the suitcase wheels in a way that they've never been designed, head back to Ethan's story in episode 231 if you want to hear that one, all the way through to creating stories that ignite the travel revenge passion. How good's that word? But there is heart and beauty throughout everything that July does. And this puts them in a great position beyond what short-term promotions or what the external economy is doing. They've actually created their own playground and the benefits of that playground will come for many more years. So that's it for 2022. It has been such a brilliant year. I feel incredibly lucky to 
have the opportunity to speak to so many Australian e-commerce leaders, founders, experts, uh, and of course, you lot who keep sending in your comments and your questions. I just absolutely love it. And thank you so much for being so involved throughout the year. Uh, I can't wait to do it again. And speaking of next year, and we are kicking off with an absolute superstar of the Australian e-commerce industry. They are our number one requested guest, and we'll bring that episode to you starting in the second week of January. Between now and then, we're going to release some more checkout episodes for you on Monday and Friday, so keep an ear out for those. But we'll see you again in full form 2023 with an amazing episode. Have the best, most brilliant, relaxing, rejuvenating Christmas break, and we'll see you then. To get the highlights of today's episode, head on over to addtocart.com.au and sign up for our free newsletter. Each Tuesday, we will send Monday's episode summary, links, and discount codes for you to go next level on. And if you're looking to explore your next e-commerce opportunity, come and visit us at eSuite. We're a dedicated e-commerce talent agency connecting the best e-commerce talent with the fastest growing brands in Australia. Head on over to esuitetalent.com.au where you can download the free e-commerce salary guide and sign up to our weekly e-commerce job emails. Thanks for listening and until next time, keep those customers adding to cart.